0: The definition of leadership is positive influence, built on trust, respect, and integrity. Have faith in your people, trust them to perform their jobs and to support organizational goals and treat them with respect. We all know that we are a company that's built on relationships. We concentrate on doing what's right for our people. It's providing what we call people-centric leadership. Sometimes that may not make the best business sense, but it normally always makes the best people sense. It's what makes us different. It's what makes us special. It's what makes us better. I feel very fortunate the organization that I've worked my whole life with operates in that way.
1: The voice you just heard is Tim O'Keefe, the Chief Operating Officer of Cutco Corporation. Tim's path with the company has been a real inspiration from working on the factory floor to spending time in customer service, helping set up several international operations and significant time in labor relations and human resources. Through it all, Tim has learned and applied the principles of people-centric leadership. Now, as chief operating officer, Tim is the key link between the Olean-based administrative team and the field-based vector marketing sales team. Like Tim, I have spent my entire adult life working with Cutco Vector, and I'm proud to know that the leaders in this company operate with a people-first mentality. I'm grateful and honored today to help you get to know your COO, Tim O'Keefe. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am very grateful and honored today to have the Chief Operating Officer of Cutco Corporation with me, Tim O'Keefe. Tim has been with Cutco since 1994, has risen through the ranks and held a variety of roles, which he'll describe to you today, uh, culminating with uh, his promotion to COO in January of 2019. So he's been serving in that role for several years now and has had an increase in his responsibilities with the recent retirement of Mr. John Welpley. And so I'm grateful to be able to have uh, our COO with us today. Tim, good to have you here.
0: Thanks for having me, Dan. It's uh, it's a real honor to be here, uh, especially considering the caliber of guests that you've already had. So thank you and look forward to our conversation.
1: Excellent. Well, Listen, I would love for our organization to really get to know you. And so why don't we start by uh, having us uh, hear a little bit about uh, Tim O'Keefe personally.
0: All right. My story begins here in Olean. I was born and raised here in Western New York. Uh, I attended elementary and high school right here in town. Uh, My mother, who is a spry, 83 years young, uh, worked for New York Telephone for... For a long career. My father was employed as a production planner at another local company called Dresser Clark, Dresser Industries later on. He had 39 years of service there Upon his retirement. So he had a great career. I had an older brother and I have an older sister. So I am the youngest of three. We lived right here in the middle of town in Olean on North 3rd Street, the number of streets and uh i guess uh you know, growing up i was a i'm a product of the 80s and uh, we had a great great neighborhood with just lots of kids around there's always fun things to do in our neighborhood you know outside with friends and, and things. think so i you know i'd say that uh i'm really fortunate that i that i grew up in a very connected neighborhood and yeah um, and uh, you know I, i'll share with you that that actually in the in the early 1980s, we had uh, some new neighbors that moved in across the street from my folks. And uh, their names were Eric and Mary Ann Lane. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, so Eric and Mary Ann were across the street from, from us, uh, uh, from my folks' house uh, growing up. So that was, uh, that was a great experience. And I'll share with you, Dan, one of my favorite stories there with Eric. The first time I met him, I had to be probably about 12 years old. I would say and they had a uh, a very large pine tree in their front yard uh, which came down unexpectedly. <laughs> and you know Eric, he was right out there taking care of it uh after it came <laughs> down doing it by hand with an axe. So uh, <laughs> oh, wow. So my, my my mom and dad said to my older brother and I, uh hey you guys, get your tails out there and help him. <laughs> so, so we went out and uh, we helped him take, uh, take care of a good part of that tree. And I, wow. I can tell you, I can tell you he was, he was thrilled. And um, just the, yeah you know, the idea that folks in the neighborhood were coming out to help him. And that was really the first time I met Eric. So that's how I got to know him. And and that's what began
1: um, great friendship. How interesting. So, so cool that you are an Olean born and bred uh, boy there. Uh, and that's uh, always a neat thing about a lot of the people who are uh, some of the leaders of our company. There's a, a number of you guys that were uh, mm-hmm. grew up right there in the area. So it's pretty cool. How about uh, your path for education? Well, uh,
0: I attended uh, parochial school in Olean, St. Mary's Academy. Uh, and then I moved into public high school, which is Olean High. Uh, upon graduation there, I uh, enrolled at uh, the State University of New York at Geneseo, which is a small liberal arts college in central New York, a little south of Rochester. While there, I, I received a bachelor's degree in management science with a concentration in human resources and uh, industrial labor relations. So that was my, uh, my education until uh, um, several years ago worked with some folks here um, in kind of a cohort program, and I received a master's degree in professional leadership
1: from St. Bonaventure
0: uh, here in O'Leary.
1: Right. Nice. And tell us about uh, about your family now, Tim.
0: Well, my wife and I are blessed to have four daughters and one son-in-law presently. So uh, four daughters. Uh, We have uh, Rochelle and her husband, Dan, Amanda is our next oldest, and we have uh, Megan and Lauren, and uh, the, the four ladies' uh, ages range from 31 to 15, so we've got a, a bit of a spectrum there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: a wide range.
0: Uh, yeah. Megan is a senior. She's about to be headed off to college, so we're working through that, and we have two grandchildren, Ford and, and Stella. And, and just to clarify, the grandkids are from the 31-year-old. <laughs> so.
1: Yes, indeed. But, uh, yeah,
0: but we're, we're fortunate that uh, they live, uh, they actually live right up the road from us. So we get quality time with, uh, with our
1: grandkids. Wow, you already have two grandkids. That's pretty cool as well. So tell us a little bit about your career experience uh, before Cutco, after you finished at, at SUNY Geneseo.
0: Uh, when, I, uh, when I graduated from Geneseo in the early 90s, the U.S. was in a recession. And uh, although the, the recession is, uh, I guess, what I would call a little bit more mild compared to some of the more recent ones that we've had, there was a very sluggish economic recovery. In particular, um, the employment piece there uh, was a little bit more severe. And I remember they called it uh, a, a jobless recovery. And so basically, when things started to go back in the right direction from a GDP perspective, the economy was starting to roll, but it wasn't growing and and actually was still seeing decreasing levels in employment. So when I graduated, I didn't have a full time job lined up. I didn't have a degree based job. So upon graduation, I started looking and took a number of part time seasonal positions out of college um, and working as a uh, retail sales associate. Um, I did some merchandising for a local beverage company. Uh, I was a substitute teacher, and, um, and one of the jobs that I had um, in that time period too was uh, was an admissions counselor uh, for another college uh, nearby. It's the University of Pittsburgh. That uh, it was their their Bradford campus. So right out of school, didn't pick up that full time degree based job, but uh, you know all those all those positions that I held or that I, that I took in that interim period before I started working at Cutco, I look back on that, and I, and I really think that I was kind of lucky to have that experience because e- each one of those jobs taught me something different. You uh, know with the uh, substitute teacher position, it definitely taught me patience, <laughs> uh, tolerance. The, the, uh, some of the other jobs, just the, the impact, the power of solid customer service. So uh, I'd say that each one of those experiences really did ultimately help me grow.
1: Great. And so that this all led you to finding Cutco in, in 1994?
0: Well, actually, my first experience with Cutco took place in May of 1988. And uh, that was between my freshman and sophomore year in college. So uh, I was hired uh, to work for the summer in production. As part of Cucko's College Student Program, so uh, they uh, they assigned me to our handle polishing department on second shift. And Dan, uh, I, I remember I wasn't I wasn't crazy about the second shift hours. You know, all my, all my friends at that point had first shift jobs, and I wanted to enjoy my summers with them. So uh, I ended up asking the employment manager at the time, David Coblin, who's now vice president and director of Human resources, but I asked David at the time if I could work first shift, and he looked at me and smiled and said, "Sure, somewhere else." <laughs> 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 and anybody that knows David Coblin uh, can hear those words coming out of his mouth. So
1: <laughs> that that is funny. That is funny. And of course, David is still with us uh, to this day. Sure is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, a great friend.
0: So, but uh, yeah, so I, I actually worked three. Uh, I worked three uh, summers in production from 1988 to 1990, and uh, really that was also just a great experience. I, I got to know wonderful folks. Uh, a number of them that are still here, some thirty odds later, thirty years later. But, you know, folks that I'm still working with. And the other thing, Dan, that I took with me from that experience is just the the firsthand knowledge of the, the craftsmanship and the quality and the, and the pride that goes into uh, producing cuckoo uh, that our friends on the floor to this day still bring every day. So, uh, but that was, that was really my first experience uh, with cuckoo. It was working on the floor.
1: So three summers working in the factory. That's, uh, I didn't know that. That's really, really yeah. interesting and cool to hear. Like, who knows? Uh, that's right when I started In the vector business during those same years Mm -hmm. so it would have been um i think my first trip to olean would have been in like april of 1990 it might have been a year sooner it wasn't the summer so you probably weren't in there but uh Mm -hmm. but that's uh right during the exact same time where i i first came to olean so pretty cool so then take us to 1994 and how did you make the shifts to working with Cutco Uh, full-time?
0: Yeah, so uh, my full-time experience began in the spring of '94 as a uh, customer service representative. I was working for Mark George. I'm sure you remember Mark.
1: Yes, of course.
0: uh, Yeah, so I was working for Mark George here in Olean. And uh, within about a year or so, Mark moved out of the service arena and uh, moved into Cutco International. So uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, took over and I began working for Jeff Hardy, who uh, became service manager, and uh, did that for uh, a few years. And I want to say it was it was '96 that I was afforded an opportunity to uh, move into a supervisor role uh, within the service group, and uh, that was a, a great experience. And um, you know, it, it's interesting when I look back on it and the uh, the way in which We operated in service at that point and um, the way in which we operate now, um, needless to say, the technology is much different, but really the uh, values part of things, that hasn't changed. And the goal continues to be, it was and it continues to be one of our missional missional commitments, which is to provide service that exceeds expectations. So um, we continue to take that commitment very seriously as as we all know, we are we are a premier product, and we have premier service attached to it. So, I love working that 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 time of my life in customer service. So, yeah, um, yes. So that was ninety ninety four to uh, ninety eight uh, when I was in kind of the service role there. Okay, and then in ninety ninety eight, uh, I guess I I followed Mark George into Cuckoo International and. Became assistant administrative manager there, and helped out with Olean in international operations here in, in Olean, shipping product to, to wherever we needed to ship it, and, and tracking and, you know product and things. A little bit later into my tenure there, I was asked to head up to Oakville, Ontario, southern Ontario, to the home office there, and that was as administrative uh, and service manager. And I went up there, Dan, because the Canadian administrative manager at the time, he had been asked to go to Australia and we had operations there. And because he was a, a, a citizen of the crown, it was easier. It was easy for Ted to move over to, to Australia. So uh, I went up, helped out Jim Khalil, Joe Cardillo, uh, Yeah, got, got to work with great people like Angie McGoogle. Trent Booth, as I mentioned, Joe. Dave Duran was up there at the time and uh, made a great friend in Mike McDonald, who was also working up an admin in the Oakville office. So uh, I was up there for about a year. And then uh, the Australian administrative manager, the the fellow that I followed into Canada, uh, what he and his wife were expecting, and they wanted to have the baby in Canada. uh, So he returned. And um, I drew the lucky straw and was able to go over to Australia for a while. Oh, wow. Ad, yeah, be the admin guy over there. So I was there for uh, four or five months working in uh, the Sydney area. And uh, worked with Roger Van Alst. Yeah. Tiffany Thomas. Tiffany Van yeah. Alst. Right? Uh,
1: They're my neighbors now, the Van Alls.: Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. They live near here.
0: But tell them
1: that I said hello. Yeah, they'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They took good care of me when I was over there.
1: So yeah,
0: that that was just a great that was just a great
1: life experience. So, so you were there for a few months in Australia. Yep. Yeah. yeah I, I never knew that you had gone to either Canada or Australia, Tim. So that's uh the arc of your career here is is really and I'm I'm finding it to be very fascinating that you know you worked in the factory, you worked in customer service. And then you had d- you these roles uh, that you just described in, uh, in helping with uh, the Canadian team and helping with the Australian team for uh, a short period of time as well. So yeah. really neat.
0: I'll be the first to say that the varied experiences that I have, I've, I've been incredibly fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll also say that I remember Jim Stitt Sr., and he said this to a number of people here, that it never hurts to have multiple arrows in your quiver put another arrow in that quiver and it's just it's another experience. And when those experiences were afforded me, fortunately I, I had the ability to participate, to move on those.
1: So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So then uh what came next?
0: Did did a little work in, in Costa Rica, Central America. We were we were hooking up our OnlyAn based processing systems with our operations down there. So Spent a little bit of time um, helping our, our friends down there, the team down there, get acquainted with with our processing systems. Uh, after after the international piece, I I, I came back and uh, I moved into uh, analytics, and I was working for Stu Smith. I'm sure, you remember you know remember Stu, of course, of course, uh, yeah, wonderful guy. So I worked there as a data analyst for Stu. Worked with Farah Labella, who's who's. There now, and um, Steve Spry, Eric Brunel, that was a great experience. I had a short stint as a processing data processing supervisor that was that was uh, 2003 um, working for Ed Negron. and uh, and again under, under Stu's direction. And then I guess the biggest change for me really took place in in the fall of 2003. I had the opportunity to move into human resources as a uh, labor relations manager, uh, working for David Copeland, the one that the, the fellow that wouldn't let me work first shift.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and this is like, you described earlier that your, your first jobs after college were you know, non-degree based work. This is really the first truly degree based role that you had, I mean, I know there's a tie-in in in pretty much all of them, but this is the first, like, right up the alley of what you went to school for, right? Yep,
0: yep, sure was, Wow,
1: yeah, cool. Tell us about that role.
0: So I guess, in in a way, kind of, there's a little bit of coming full full circle there, um, moving back into um, primarily the manufacturing side of the business. And um, uh, in that role as labor relations manager that, that required, you know, working closely with our uh, Cutco cutlery manager, supervisor corps, and with our union, uh, and we, uh, our folks on the floor are represented by the United Steelworkers. It's local fifty four twenty nine, and it's there that that I would say that I I truly had the opportunity to to connect with that team on the floor and our manufacturing leadership team, and it's there really that I got to work more closely uh, with. Jim Stitt Jr.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, and and I, I you know I'd say um, Dan that I'm very proud that along with Jim, people like D- David Coblin, Brent Driscoll, Carrie Latier, Kathy Schalander, Brian George, who was union president uh, for us at uh, for a time, we worked really hard to strengthen and um, continue to to build the relationship with our uh, Oen manufacturing team, and I think we did some really great things culturally there. And for me, that was a, a genuinely rewarding experience, and, and I consider that time of my uh, my career just a really special phase because um, got to work with the guys that I went to high school with on the floor, and we made some really really good things happen. So yeah, so that that labor relations period, I mean that that took me from two thousand three to really into um, 2017 Um, and there were some steps along the way in there but that was a special time and so then uh in in 2017 i was promoted to the position of director of operations for cuckoo cutlery and following that uh, i was asked to move into the into this role the the role of coo for cuckoo corporation that was in 2019 And, um, you know, I I didn't recognize at the time, Dan, but Jim Sr. and and Jim Jr. were really looking at internal succession planning. And uh, fortunately for me, they were willing to make some moves um, early, which basically afforded me the opportunity to work with John Welpley for three years uh, prior to John's uh, retirement, which just happened here on February 1st of 2022. Yeah. So, uh, so for the past three years, I've been working closely with John, and you know, John, he's an amazing guy. Forty years of experience, immense knowledge in basically all facets of the business, both uh, from the Vector side and the Cutco side. His experience, knowledge, and insight, <laughs> um, you know, spans administration and service and i t and accounting and finance and, and, and production, so I would joke with John and I'd say, John, you know you leaving leaves big shoes to fill, both literally and figuratively, uh, <laughs> but uh John was fantastic um, in helping me get ready for this role, and and I'll never be able to thank him enough.
1: yeah, I've said many times about John that he he was Amazing at balancing the financial safeguarding of the company, which was a part of his role, particularly when he was the CFO. And then, along with the field-friendly way he approached decision making, mm-hmm. where right, it was it was really about doing what was best for the individual in so many of the decisions that he made. And um, it was uh, pretty remarkable to sort of witness how he balanced. Those things, and I know that uh, with his retirement, his role is being filled by multiple people there in Olean who are uh, handling parts of what he what he did.
0: Yeah, great observation. Uh, you're dead on. Uh, so, the, the IT piece, Dominic Rogers, here in Olean. The uh, the marketing piece, um, Steve Porzak continues there. Finance uh, and accounting, Mark Heister, Jason Wooderek, and and then on the admin and service side, uh, myself with uh, with the uh, the help of my good friend Jeff Hardy. So, John's departure um, that job kind of got appropriately split to the people most knowledgeable in each particular area.
1: Yeah, tell us about your specific responsibilities as the as the COO.
0: Okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just I'll, I'll hit on something that you said earlier, Dan. I'll be the first to state that, again, I've been incredibly fortunate to have the opportunity to gain that varied and, I guess, extensive amount of, of job jumping, working in admin uh, operations, human resource experience there, being in those different roles. So I, I really think it's those collective experiences that kind of have given me, afforded me this opportunity. So in terms of like, you know, what are the specific, what are the responsibilities of this role? What I'd say is that in this role, what I'm asked to do is support uh Jim, assist Jim and the rest of our executive team in providing and perpetuating the uh the Cutco brand leadership that Jim Sr. and Eric Lane built. And it's providing what we call people-centric leadership. Uh, it's... It's the oversight for the only and based operation and activities. I'm using that people-centric, uh, people-first style of, of leadership. And for me, I guess the, the space that, that I would say that I'm operating in mostly, at, at least right now, is I'm working to build what I'd say are more cohesive operating business relationships between Cutco and Vector. and. You know, I, I'm hopeful that the previous experiences that I've had are, you know, what will help me do that with the folks that I've had the opportunity to get to know on both sides of the equation. But it's it's really providing the, the Olean team, manufacturing and in an admin with insight and perspective into what the field ex- organization is experiencing, and likewise, you know, working to provide field executive leadership with only in operational intelligence, you know? So it's kind of, it's linking the two together is a key part of the work that I'm doing right now.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that you talked about people-centric leadership and in that way, you're truly carrying on the culture and legacy that was established by John Welpley and Jim Stitt and Eric Lane, and of course, many others as well. Uh, What are some of the, the elements you feel like of the culture uh, that came from some of those founding fathers of the company that you are intent on carrying on?
0: Yeah, so so for sure, the people first philosophy, John Welpley operated with and emphasized uh, a people first strategy uh, for decision-making. Eric, Jim, John, Jim Jr., all of those guys uh, operate in that way. And we all know that we are a company that's built On relationships, both in the field and and in Olean, and I recognize that what we do here in Olean impacts the relationship that the sales organization with you know has with the customer. It goes to quality and service, attention to detail, and really, it's kind of it's that fundamental understanding that we compete on value more than anything else. And value isn't measured in dollars; it's measured in experience. And you know, our mission is to provide a truly exceptional experience for our customers and our people. And I strongly feel that the customer experience is only going to be as good as our employees' experience. So from an OLEAN perspective, to ensure that our folks working here in OEM uh, have meaningful, engaging work, you know that we are working to inspire them with positive influence, you know, giving giving those friends, our family here, that world-class work environment, that's that perpetuating and sustaining uh, people-first, people-centric vision that came from Eric and Jim ultimately. And as stated in our mission, you know, we we are committed to honesty, integrity, integrity and ethics um, in all aspects of business, founded on respect for people. And I'm grateful that I've got to see Uh, Eric Lane, Jim Stitt, John Welpley, Brent Driscoll, Jim Jr., and a host of other people's live those values.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that you draw that line between the employee experience in Olean and the field experience in Vector to the customer experience that we're going to be providing people in the long run. Right, that it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really great insight that I feel like we should underscore here that uh, the people can can take to heart.
0: It's uh, the analogy that I remember hearing previously. It's a three-legged bar stool. What you just said, and you knock any one of those out, and you got a problem. So they yeah. are all interconnected.
1: Yeah, that's powerful. Tell us some other important, just general leadership philosophies that you that you hold tim so uh you know for me
0: the definition of leadership is is positive influence built on trust respect and integrity and in regard to trust i don't think that that can be overstated in fact i mean somebody's influence expands in proportion to the amount of trust that exists in a relationship so Mm. you know it's These concepts aren't real difficult. (laughs) There's nothing magically here. I guess we concentrate on doing what's right for our people, and what that means is doing the right things with our folks and for our folks, for our teams. And you know, sometimes that may not make the best business sense, but it normally always makes the best people sense. And the return there, while it's intangible, I think it's it's really you can't measure it. So. I think it all comes down to the words I use a lot are trust, respect, and rapport. And the investment and the extra investment that we put into those three things with our teams is what I feel really makes our company, Vector and Cutco, Cutco and Vector. It's what makes us different. It's what makes us special. It's what makes us better. So it's easy. I think it's easy to... For people or for organizations to rely on black and white policies, but that's not the right way to lead. You know, in making good people decisions, you have to step back and look at all the circumstances and dig into the underlying elements. When I was working in human resources, and and occasionally we'd have a grievance come in from the from the local, and you know the thing that we would say is there's some identified contract violation that results in a grievance, but really what's the real deal what's the real issue and let's have a conversation on that to find solutions so you know I, it's it's harder to, to to do business that way i think it takes more time but it's it's the right thing to do and that trust piece doesn't necessarily come easy easily or quickly but it comes because of continuous actions so to answer your question for me it's the i'm a heavy merchant so words words like inspiration and empathy and sympathy and understanding to me are as important as assets and liabilities <laughs> return on investment in the workplace so but i guess again it's uh, i'd say it's it's pretty simple it's it's the idea that have faith in your people trust them to perform their jobs and and to support organizational goals and and treat them with respect so
1: yeah You said at the outset that the definition of leadership is positive influence built on trust, respect, and integrity, and that influence expands based on trust. And you said something there along the lines of, you know, this is pretty simple. Like everybody should get this. And the reality, though, is that not everybody does operate in that way as a leader. There are many leaders, you know, not that I've experienced in our company, but there are many leaders that have their own. Interest in mind first, which you know. I mean, in a way, you, I think everybody is has some level of self interest as part of what we're we're all trying to get ahead in life and you know do our best. But uh, but it just seems like you know you and the leaders of Cutco are able to operate in a, an enlightened way where you know we are trying to help the company to do well but that people first decision making is a big part of creating that feeling of trust and it's something that i don't know exists as much where a leadership team is beholden to shareholders right oh, i mean we're we are a family owned business and so the buck truly stops in olian and it creates that opportunity to be able to make those Types of decisions and the the lanes and the stits have always supported that way of operating, as far as I could tell. Right,
0: hundred percent. If anybody has the opportunity to pick up uh, Simon Sinek's book, uh, The Infinite Game, that book could be written about this organization. And you just hit on a number of key points from it. In fact, our leadership team here in Olean just finished a uh, kind of a group exercise where we all dug into that book and, and had great conversation around
1: it. Yeah. And you said something there, but also, Tim, about it might take longer, take more time to operate in that way. And my thought was that it it might take more time to operate that way in the short term, but by operating in that way, it saves so much time and energy in the long term because of the relationships that are built and the the tenure that people have with the company. I mean, we have such a, just a a almost like strangely bizarre amount of people that have worked with our company for so many years. And you just don't see that anywhere else of people that have been with the company for 20, 25, 30, and more years that stay because of this trust that's built and this family feel that is built. It's really remarkable. Yep. And I couldn't
0: agree with you more, Dan. Putting the time in on the front end, just like anything else, you, know, if you put the time in on the front end, it's going to yield dividends um, on the back end. And um, and for anybody that's that's been here in Olean uh, on tour, uh, when you walk through our Hall of Honor, our main hallway uh, downstairs, just outside the manufacturing area, uh, we do have uh, we have pictures of everybody uh, in the organization uh, on the wall that have hit 30, 35, 40, 45 Fifty years, and that wall is getting pretty full.
1: So yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Any other uh, leadership philosophies that stand out to you that you feel are important that you'd want to share?
0: Yeah. Again, for me, it's it's the whole idea of being people centric, taking care of folks, you know, doing the right things. You know, And, and honestly, I mean, we spend more time at work with our work families or our work companions than oftentimes we do with our biological families. And I just think that work should be a place where, where we come, where we can trust each other, where we can inspire each other positively, and where we can, we can have fun together. And where at the end of the day, we're able to bring support uh, back to our families and our communities. And you know, I just, I feel very fortunate that the organization that I've worked my whole life with operates in that way.
1: It's great. And I, I definitely would say the same thing from the the vector side of things. Tell us about the nature of your working relationship with Jim Stitt Jr.
0: Uh so geez, Jim and I have, have been working uh quite a bit together um since two thousand four, two thousand five. And that started uh when we both were in uh you know in more of a manufacturing role. So I can't speak highly enough of Jim's philosophy in terms of taking care of people, uh, doing the right thing, digging in and finding the why behind questions that come up. He always is uh, encouraging us to um, gain additional perspective. And um, uh, I'll tell you, I I really appreciate uh, him in that, you know, as I, as I'm moving into this role, I'm able to go to him with questions to get insight, opinion. I mean, it's, it's truly, a, it's not only a friendship, he's, there's a mentorship there that he's providing me and the other folks on uh, our executive team here in Olean. And, um, he's just, uh, he's, he's a great guy. Yep. Can't, can't say enough about him.
1: Exactly. Well, Tim, uh, what, what is most exciting for you when you look at the future of the company?
0: It comes back to people for me, Dan. And, and it's the opportunity that Cutco and Vector, Vector and Cutco provides people. You know, It's that opportunity to be better and to do better. And uh, what I would say it really excites me <laughs> is that um, you know, the, the people who are leaders who are currently leaders and who are our next level leaders are developing leaders they have this mindset to share their gifts or you know to empty their cups for others and that is um you know if if there's a check the box kind of a thing on an application for a successful person in the cutco vector organization i think that's it you know um when I say leaders, you know, again, that's that's not based on title. Uh, that's those folks that provide that positive influence. Um, we've got leaders all over the place that don't hold any kind of formal title, women and men on the floor um, uh, that hold positions of influence as a as a steward or a group leader or a safety rep. Um, folks in our uh, our service and admin areas, uh, sales and sales support. Um, You know, we all have different gifts uh, according to the grace that's been given us, and I think what's really special and what excites me continues to excite me about the future of Cutco and Vector is that we lead by sharing those gifts. We share in service. We share in teaching. We share in coaching. We share in listening. We share in giving, and so that's what excites me about the future. It's it's that we have the. We continue to have the real desire, the ability, and the capability to impact people's lives in that positive way. So I think that's the real measure of success uh, for a person, for uh, a company. It's, it's how you touch the lives of other people.
1: Yep. That's great. Uh, excellent to hear all that, Tim. I am often asked by people, you know, what, what do you do? And, and I typically start with, well, by dumb luck, I found this opportunity when I was 17 years old <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I describe you know, it, what it is. And I just, I feel very grateful that uh, I was able to come into an organization like this at a young age. Naturally, it's a big part of why I've stuck around for 30 plus years is that I've been able to be around the caliber of leadership team like you and so many others that we've described today or talked about today that are part of this great organization. And it's uh, it's really an honor to be able to have such an amazing group of people leading our organization. And um, I'm really glad that uh, you are a big part of that. And uh, it's been really fun getting to hear some of your stories and experiences here today, Tim. Thanks a lot.
0: Well, I've certainly enjoyed it. I really appreciate the conversation. And again, uh, the opportunity to come on, considering the the talent and the uh, the heart of, of folks that you've had on here, uh, Dan. And you know, I'll share with you too that you know, the Changing Lives Selling Knives podcast for us here in Olean. We use it here too, and um, in our safety leadership teams, um, in our in the small groups that we do, we have sessions every couple of weeks, and and we use. These, uh, these podcasts, these recordings as content material for us to um, better understand not only the history of the organization and things, but, but the perspective uh, of uh, what's happening in the field. So I'd just like to thank you for what you're doing. You and, and this tools is, re- is having an impact here in too. So yeah, awesome.
1: thank you. Glad to hear that. Thanks so much for being a guest, Tim. My pleasure. Tim O'Keefe, everyone, Cutco COO. I was really struck by the range of experiences that Tim has had during his time with the company, starting on the factory floor, those three summers during college, and then continuing in customer service, his roles in helping expand Cutco internationally, the labor relations role that he had for many years, helping lead our HR. Team, and of course, being the connector now between the Cutco and Vector organizations in his current role as COO. He stated that the definition of leadership is positive influence based on trust, respect, and integrity. And he also shared the insight that we compete on value, right? This is a concept that's true of the Cutco product, of course, right? That uh, we're not. So worried about competing on price, we wanna compete on value. And competing on value is measured in experience. The experience of our customers, of course, is paramount, but there's a straight line between the experience of our employees in Olean, the experience of our vector field organization, and the experience of our customers. They're part of that three-legged stool that Tim described. And of course, Tim is most excited about, for the future, the opportunity that we provide people, the opportunity that we provide for people, for our customers, of course, owning Cutco, for our Olean team to be part of the Olean-Cutco family and have these great roles that so many people stay in for so long. They make that wall of honor, having been in the company for 25, 30, 35, 40, and more years. And then, of course, the opportunity that's provided for our Vector Field Sales Organization. Many of you who are listening to this podcast should feel grateful that you have leaders like Tim O'Keefe and Jim Stitt Jr. who are helping to guide the Cutco organization. Of course, leaders like Al DeLeonardo and Bruce Goodman who are helping to guide the Vector Marketing Field Organization and the many other great leaders that we have. And if you're an alumni, you're outside of Cutco, I think an episode like this is always worth thinking about. How can you be a part of bringing the Cutco culture to whatever you do? If you're somebody who runs your own company, how can you create this Cutco culture? People-centric focus, people-first decision-making, the family feel, the trust that has built all the great things about Cutco. How can you bring those to the teams that you're a part of? Great stuff. I'm grateful again, and honored to have been able to have Tim O'Keefe as our guest today. Hope you got a lot out of this episode. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals.